blessings. Welcome to Tabernacles. <laughs> well, if you haven't noticed, we have a little bit of an addition here tonight. We have Sheila with us tonight. Put your hands together, a little bit of a drum roll. Now, I want you to show her a whole bunch of grace tonight. We didn't have any idea. Uh, her brother has a ministry down in the Nashua area, and she often comes at least a couple times a year to see her brother and help out. Uh, because of COVID, they've gone to three services a day, and they asked her to minister at all the three services this morning. So, grace and empowerment in the Holy Ghost. And then, of course, there's Betty Green. So if you haven't met Mama Betty, uh, just please make sure that you see her eye to eye. You want to see, you want to see as she sees, and she's going to look right through you. Amen? Then we have Karen Moran. And I'm sorry, the granddaughter's name is Shannon. Let's hear it for Shannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, you're living pretty dangerous, girl. All the way to New England with your ram. Born in Alaska. Oh, you got any special moves during worship? Any Alaska moves? We're extremely, extremely blessed. We've just had a wonderful, wonderful time so far. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're just into the second evening of our gathering. We had a wonderful time. Did you not enjoy next door our turkey dinner today? Was that not incredible and awesome? And that's old Daddy Chris back there. He was the one that was in charge and pulled that whole thing off. So we bless you. We thank you, Chris. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. So I'm glad I'm very observant because I see all kinds of people wearing colors. That means we're going to be doing a dance first. Praise the Lord. See, I'm, I'm, I'm slow, but I'm sweet. So I keep trying to figure out what's going on. So what I'm going to do, is there anything that you want to introduce the song with?
beginning of the year of January 2020, backing up of about six weeks, I always asked the Lord to give me a word for the year. And this year he gave me a word and the word was step up to the call. And I thought, well, Lord, I've already stepped up to the call. You know, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I argue with God. I mean, just me. None of y'all people do that. Just me. And I say, well, God, what, what do you mean? And the Lord kept saying, 2020 isn't going to be like all you're hearing on TBN, CTN, whatever, and, 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 and it is. But he was talking about what the prophetic or what the people of God that were proclaiming a word that wasn't the word for the people of God. Because they, everyone kept saying, 2020, 2020, it's the year of vision. It's the year of vision. It's the year of vision. Send me $220 and you'll get a, your vision. Y'all heard it. Many of y'all heard it. And it was almost as if when COVID-19, we started hearing about it back in October over in China. And then we started hearing a little bit more, and it started building a little bit more, and it started building a little bit more. All of a sudden, when everything was going to start closing down, and we didn't realize it in February, the Lord kept saying to me, every time I'd be watching one of these great people saying about 2020, 2020, the Lord would say, shut it off. Turn it off. I said, Lord, why? 
2020 vision? I want, I want to not, I want to see what you're, and he said, I told you to step up to the call. And if you don't hear anything else, step up to the call. And I believe that everyone in this room here tonight, that you've been asked by God in 2020 to step up to something fresh, something new, something unexpected, something that you were not equipped to do, but somehow God asked you to do it. And if you were hearing what he was saying, and I believe you must have been hearing what he was saying or you would not be here tonight. You wouldn't have come all the way you came. You wouldn't have done all you had to do to get here. He said, Sheila, do what I've asked you to do. Step up to the call. And I believe that even now, this place right here tonight with what we've, I just got here, but from what everyone has been talking about, everyone has been saying something about what has already went on in the 24 hours. I, I'm telling you, we haven't seen yet what 2020 really is about to behold and be told. Because you have to behold it before you can tell it. You have to receive it before you can walk in it. You have to allow whatever the impregnation of the word that is in you and has been given to you, if you do not allow it to come forth and birth through you, it will die on the vine. And God said, I didn't call people to be pressed and put down and broken down and always seem like you were always down and out. He said, I didn't call a people of God to be broken. What did Romans 8 say? Okay. We're not called to be pressed down and pushed down and broken down. We're called to be pressed possibly from every side sometimes. But with that pressing, like she just said, that bursting forth, I don't know. There was no words to that. There was just a sound of a mighty rushing wind in that thing that we watched tonight. And when we are pressed and we don't press, when, we pr when we're pressed and we press in and we press in and we press into what God has for us and we step up to that call that he has called us to, it may look nothing like you've ever done before. He's not asking you to do the same thing. He doesn't want you to walk in yesterday's manna. He wants us to walk in today's fullness of the third day anointing that he has called us, anointed us, and appointed us for such a time as this to do. Y'all should have got up and ran on that one. Because if he, if he, and he is, equipping us to be the people of God today, or today... I'm telling you, something great and wonderful is about on the verge of greatness. So I just want God to have his way in this house tonight. Would you just raise your hands? You don't have to stand. Just raise your hands where you are and say, Father God, I want you. Nothing else. Just you. 
just your presence. Because in your presence, I am forever changed. In your presence, I am empowered to be the man or the woman of God that you called me to be. But I choose to obey you tonight. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word. I want to be a doer of your word that you called me, that you appointed me and purposed me for, for such a time as this. So, Father God, we lift our hands and we say we receive your anointing tonight. The anointing destroy the every yoke of bondage, every lying spirit, every gold tie, every soul tie, every lie tie, every demonic tie that would try to keep us from being the people of God that you've called us to be. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit that we live, we move, we operate, we have our being. And because of your love, your mercy, and your grace, we can do all things in Christ Jesus. Father God, I thank you that you're about to catapult people into the calling. I heard the Lord say that during that worship song, that he is about to catapult people into your calling. You have wondered where you were supposed to be. He did not have us wonder. The, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God said, I sent my son Jesus Christ that you can know where you are called, you can know when you are anointed, and you can know where you're supposed to step up to the call because he's going to open doors that seemed impossible before, and today they're going to swing open wide because the Holy Ghost said, this is the time, this is the hour, this is the night that even as we do this, and it's Whatever God is doing in this church, he is doing in places, pockets around the world. And the church is about to arise and shine and give God the glory as it's never done before. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, will you shout to the glory of God with me tonight? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. I just want to say something. What I, I just want to make sure y'all understand. When I was watching those people on TV, most of it was about your, them getting an offering. Okay. Y'all can say, oh, me, or shut up, Sheila. Amen. But were they really, really hearing from God? I don't know. For me, God said, don't watch that. Because he said, Sheila, I'm calling my people home. And at first I thought, am I done? Is, is my life over? And he kept saying, I'm calling you home. And I couldn't understand why he kept saying, I'm calling you home. And then all of a sudden, we realized that COVID was coming. And we, you know, Florida was one of the first ones that we shut down. And I was in one of the worst areas uh, Broward, Dade Broward uh, was one of the worst areas. Carrier County is only an hour and a half, two hours from there. And we had m more cases. And Anyway, y'all know the story. Y'all have seen the drill. You understand what's going on. It's a pandemic. Amen? But I serve the promise keeper. I serve the promise keeper. Amen? But when the Lord, he kept showing me, he said, Sheila, I'm going to turn this around. 
because the first thing the Lord showed me that the bars got closed before the churches did. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah in Florida. The bars got closed first. Hallelujah. Number two, he said, I want my people to be a family again. A family again. He wants the people of God. He wanted people to be families again. Because everybody was scattered. They were going anywhere and everywhere. No one was eating at home. No one was doing all these things. And if you start seeing what God really did, amen. They were so busy on their phones. They're so busy, And they weren't talking to each other. We all do it, and, and I've been guilty of it. And listen, I'm breaking myself of that habit through this COVID thing. It's because I, when I sit down with my husband or I sit down with my children or I sit down with my pastor and his wife, I want to be there. I want to be in the moment because that's all I really have is that moment right now. And if we, if we're thinking, and you know, how many of y'all have ever went to church and thought, you know, ladies, you think you, oh, I left my curling iron on. I don't even know if people use curling irons anymore, but, uh, or I left the stove on or I left, you, you start wandering off and all of a sudden it's like it steals you away from the worship that you were here to do in the church service and it takes you away because why? We're living in another time instead of the moment. We're living in the what if I did this instead of the moment. And so God is calling us to be here and to be in this moment. And, and he wants to live our lives that way. Instead of, you know, and in fact, the Bible tells us not to worry about what we're going to eat or the drink or what we're going to wear. It tells us those things. And I'm not going to go for time's sake for scriptures there, but many of those places, we already, the Bible already told us not to do what we've been doing. We all know not to be doing what we've been doing. In fact, this is one of the first times in many years that I've traveled with, a, in the last two years, that I've traveled with a real Bible. spoke to me and he said, Sheila, go get a Bible. And I went to my closet and I then and I got my Bible out. And the Lord said, feel it. He said, feel it. And I felt pages. And you know, there was healing in those pages just by the touch of because the word of God does not become the word of God until a human being opens it and it becomes revelation. It's just a book on the shelf until a human being gets a hold of it and starts to read it and to bring it to life and then expound it and share it with others, then it becomes the revelation of God. And the Lord said, I want you to touch it. He says, because I picked up my iPad, and he says, tell me the last time you could make this come to life. When's the last time you could really, it, the word of God's in there. I'm not condemning anybody to use the word. Brother Bob's right there. Brother Bob's got his. <laughs> it's easier to travel with. I got news for you. It makes my purse really heavy, okay? But his word, his yoke is light, right? His burden is, is uh, what is it? Wait a minute. Let's get that right. His burden is easy and his yoke is light. 
But when you're carrying a Bible like this size, because I have to have large print, hello. Just saying. But the Lord said, he said, get it out. And he said, Sheila, I want you to get out of concordance. And I don't want you to do all the Googling. I don't want you to do all the other people's opinions. I want you to do what I want to speak to you. He said, because if you're going to step up to the call, you have to know that the word of God that I have given you for your assignment is your word for your time to do what you've been called to do. And the same goes for you. You need to get God's word for you for this time, for this season, to be and to operate in the love, the will, and the word, and the way of God. And the only way to do that is to pray and seek his face and get his word. And then when he gives you a word, get up. Go do it. Don't wait. If you wait, you will talk yourself out of the will of God, and it will abort you or thwart you from being in the perfect will of God for your life. This is not my message. But it's God's. Amen? But God. And so I want to say, there's still a few months left in the year. I pray that all of those people that God said I can't listen to at the beginning, I pray all they said is going to come to pass. You know, sometimes when I don't agree with things, and I say, Lord, I've trusted this person before. I believe in this person. But right now you're not allowing me to listen to that person. Make just make what they're saying to be the truth. Make what they're saying not to be um, uh, greed-fed, not to be uh, because they need the money to pay their bills. Because you know what? We all live by faith. If you're a dollar, you have a dollar, you have a million dollars. If you don't live by faith, you're still broke. Amen? Because it takes faith to be and do what God's called us to be and do in Jesus' name. When I was asking the Lord, and the Lord is just keep repeating over to me, and when I saw the, um, the flyer for, for this, this week, uh, the Holy Spirit, the new error. We are walking out of one time frame, and you know in the Bible, everything was always measured by events. It wasn't just measured by days. It was measured by certain events. That's why they said to place remembrance stones, to remember these places because of what happened here. Remember this because this is what happened there. But this is a good memory. There's some of us tonight, we need to be healed some, some memories that are just, they need to be healed. The past needs to be healed. But when you get an encounter with God, you can learn how, and you will see how all those things just fade into to the, the oblivion and none of them matter because when you've been in the presence like we were just in the presence of God here let me tell you something it makes me so grateful to be a Christian it makes me so grateful to be a Pentecostal Christian it makes me so grateful to be a faith word Christian it makes me so faith grateful that I am alive in Christ Jesus and it doesn't matter where I'm at whether I'm in my church or whether I'm here or whether I'm in my car or whether I'm in the shower or whether I'm at my job I am a Christian and I am a Christian because Jesus Christ saved my soul. He filled me with the Holy Ghost and today he washed every sin of my life away and I am because I am because the I am lives in me. 
Amen. Amen. I don't know about y'all. I've been preaching all day, and I just got the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you. Whoo, glory. Sean, are you playing? You want to play a song? Amen. Um, last year I was here, and y'all know I was very, uh, was I sick last year too? Yeah. It was like these last couple of years, I'm not getting sick. One of the things I decided when I came up here this year, I waited for a few weeks before I'd say yes to Sister Karen. I was coming. I said, God, I am not going up there, and I am not going to get sick. If I go, I am going to be well, I'm going to be completed, and I'm going to be whole because I have stepped up to the call, and you anointed me for such a time as this. And you know what? I'm healed, whole, and redeemed. Whoop. Amen. So I would like to sing a song to you that I wrote last year, and we put it on a CD. The CD came out in October, and, you know, I had it with me last year when I was here. But basically, it's been sitting on a shelf. But how many of you know God has a perfect timing? God has a perfect timing, and this song is called You Are the One. Waymaker, 
my expender, oh Lord, my protector, Jehovah, you're the only one. Redeemer, my Savior, we lift your name forever. Oh Jesus, you're the only one. Waymaker, defender, oh Lord, my protector, Jehovah, you're the only one. Redeemer, my Savior, we lift your name forever. Oh Jesus, you're the only one. You are the way, the truth, the light. You are the hope that burns inside. You are the one I'm living for. You are the one I worship. You are the way, the truth, the life. You are the hope that burns inside. You are the one I'm living for. You are the one I worship. I worship. I worship. believe that tonight and that's how I sing in the shower almost every song that I've ever written is usually sung in the shower written in the shower so uh, or in my house by myself and so this is what I've learned about God if I do it at home I can do it in the church amen if I worship God like I worship here and I go home and I don't worship him there like that, we should be ashamed of ourselves because he's worthy to be praised every day. He's worthy to be given admonishment and love. He's worthy for everything he's ever done. If he never did another thing for the rest of our lives, we could keep worshiping him forever and ever because he is worthy to be praised. And the greatest way that we're ever going to connect with God today is by sitting and praising him in our personal time without an audience. All he wants is one-on-one. Amen. Woo! I don't know about y'all. Y'all, y'all getting me happy here today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Psalm 27. I want to talk to you tonight, and I hope y'all can listen quick, because I'm going to talk quick. How's that? Amen, because we want to we want to pray for people tonight. Well, I'm telling you, I feel like there's a release in the spirit tonight. And some of you might not get back here for the rest of the week. I pray that y'all are so hungry for God, you cannot stay away in Jesus' name. I believe in the morning is, am I right, Sister uh, Kathy, Pastor Kathy? Sister Betty, is she going to be preaching in the morning at 10? Is there a workshop? There's no workshop tomorrow? It's Tuesday, so there's no workshops tomorrow. We're off tomorrow. Then Sister Betty will be, wait, Pastor Betty, Mama Betty is going to be teaching on her Mind of Christ book, and you will want to be here at 10 o'clock for that. Will there be prayer before? I just want to make sure we don't miss anything. There's always prayer before, right? Nine Come anytime. You can pray on your own. You, well, there'll be someone here praying. Amen. I believe that the Lord took us home to get our attention. And I believe that even though we were home and enclosed, 
some of us, many of us, most of us, were doing more than we've ever done in ways that we never could fathom, imagine, or think. And sometimes that was just studying the Word of God and seeking the Word of God. And, and if that's what you did, that's what you were supposed to do because that's what God had you doing. But the one thing that the Lord was speaking me to me through this whole time is he kept saying, Sheila, seek my face. Seek my face. When there is a burglary or there is an assault or there is something happening, when the cops come or the detectives come and they ask you to describe people, they do not ask you to describe their feet. They ask you to describe their face. Now, they don't say that. They say, what did, what did they look like? And we automatically describe the face. That should teach us something about who God wants us and how God wants us to know him. Because he's asking us in this day and time, you know that he's going to provide for you. He has provided for every one of us during this time. Amen? You know that he is going to be there. He has been there all the way through these times. You know that he is going to do what he's promised he's going to do, and he has been faithful. But now he's asking us through these times, will you be faithful to me? Will you truly be faithful to me? Psalm 27, 8 says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, this is the psalmist talking to God. He says, your face, Lord, will I seek. You know, when a criminal was put up and they said, Joe Smith was arrested today and they put his mug shot up on, they never put their feet up, do they? They never put their hands up, do they? Unless there's a tattoo or something that they're looking for. But normally they will put the mugshot up of a person and it's just their head. See, God is wanting us through all this pressing and all the pressure that we have been going through. He hasn't, he hasn't allowed. Now, see, God did not send the pandemic. Somebody asked me the other day, do you think God sent this pandemic? No, but I think through the pandemic, Romans 8.28 can stand true. That we can see things turn around for his glory when we're called according to what? His purpose. See, many times we have quoted Romans 8.28 incorrectly. Because we say, all things work together for the good for those who love God. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, all things work together for those who are called according to my purpose and love God. Amen? So when we seek him, we want to seek him not for, 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 for provision and not for healing. And all those things we know we have need of. And what did he say? He said, I shall supply all your need according to what? His riches. Your need, his riches. So we really don't have to worry about that because we know if we are Christians, and we are Christians, amen, that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he paid for everything you're ever going to need, everything that you're ever going to uh, uh, receive. You have received it through the work of the cross of Calvary as a Christian. 
So there's nothing missing in your salvation. Maybe we haven't matured to that point of knowing that, but nothing is missing in the salvation that you receive through the cross of Calvary. Everything you're ever going to need is in the work of the cross and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. And when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth, all righteousness, all peace, and all understanding that you can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Why? Because he gave his life upon the cross of Calvary, and he paid in full for us to be warriors, winners, and movers and shakers for Jesus Christ tonight. Amen? Woo! I don't know about y'all, but I know that God's preparing a church for his return. And one thing I know for sure, he is preparing us that we can get up, get out, get on, and go and share the good news. We come into this house this time to be equipped to be the people of God that he created us and called us to be for even before we were ever placed in our mother's womb. You know, uh, the other day, someone said, but you don't know what I'm going through, Sheila. And I looked at that person and I said, everything you ever went through brought you to this moment talking to me right now. The wrong roads, the right roads. The high road, the low road. The, the road that was washed out or the road that had the beautiful brand new bridge. Whichever road you took. It led you to this moment of time, and God wanted you right here in this place to be able to become more of who he created you to be, and it's always going to be a step, a step, a step. And listen, I rebuke step backwards. God doesn't want us to go backwards. He doesn't want us. He wants us to be going forward. He always was a forward pushing. Listen, when the pressure come, when that thing, that, that combustion happened on that 500 liters or 50,000 liters of wine, it had sat there for days getting ready. You know, I don't know how long it took, but I know this. Whatever was in it busted through the glass not one time, but maybe many times, because all we saw was what was coming out the front window. It had to bust through the glass it was in. It, was it, or was it in barrels? We don't know what it was in bottles. Was it in barrels? But do you understand the combustion that it took to do that? Can you imagine if we, as people of God, really get a hold of the horns of the altar and really realize what's inside of us, who's inside of us, what he wants to do through us? Do you? Can you imagine when you seek his face and you go where his grace calls you to go and you do what he asks you to do, how changed this world can be? See, the one thing I learned really, really in the last few years, that unless I allow God to change my world, my personal world, that I'll never go out there and change the world. And he's asking us tonight. I believe he has brought us in here for this time to be consecrated. I don't understand, Pastor Kathy, what all this really means. As, as the Lord's just 
giving me this. He said, there's something about our hearts that he wants to do a circumcision to our hearts tonight. And he wants to cut off those things that have held us back. Those things, and I'm preaching to Sheila Zellers tonight. I'm so grateful for my husband and my children and my grandchildren and our business and our ministry and our lives. I know that we haven't seen anything yet. Because when Jesus comes, listen, I know there's going to be, we, we've seen stress. Have y'all seen this stress on TV? Have y'all? No, y'all don't watch that stuff, right? We know in the end days that the world is going to wax colder and colder and colder. But we know for sure that even though in the end days it may wax cold, that God promised us that he would pour out a spirit of God that is hotter and fuller and more loving and more kind and the light will outshadow the darkness because Jesus wins in the end. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let me, oh, that was just my introduction. You know, one time I asked my, I was struggling in my ministry and I was wanting it to go faster than what God was taking it. And I was kind of pushing God, and I called my brother, who's a pastor over in Manchester, and I said, Gary, I said, I just, I'm just struggling, da-da-da-da, you know, whining, whining for Jesus. Y'all ever whined for Jesus? We saw the wine come forth, so I have whining for Jesus. Okay. And uh, I said, Gary, I just, I, just, I just need God to do what God's going to do. And he says, well, I'll tell you this. He says, this is the way you're going to get him to do it. And I said, well, how, what's that, Gary? And he said, Go to prayer and read the word and obey. I said, that's, I said, Gary, give me some direct. He said, okay, then read the word, go to prayer and obey. And you know, that day it taught me something because I always was waiting for man to open the door. You know, we say it's God, but we're really waiting for man. Y'all can either say, oh, me, or amen, okay? But when we get in that place of seeking his face and not his hands for his providence, but we seek his face for his promise, then we will not be the same people tomorrow as we were today because we're not seeking him to get. We're seeking him to know who he is. And when you know who he is, you can know without a shadow of a doubt that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper and every tongue that will rise against you when you're in the righteousness of Christ Jesus that you can understand that your righteousness is as filthy rags but his righteousness makes all things pure and holy and he will lead you into the paths of righteousness that he wants you to operate and be in and do because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world or he that is trying to come against you or whatever is trying to bog you down God Almighty has a plan and his plan is always for you to prosper for his glory his honor and his praise can you give the Lord a hand clap tonight Amen. 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 I want to close with this. 
and I really was just kidding when I said that was just my introduction. Isaiah 6, if you want to turn there. It said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. That word seraphim literally means the fiery ones. These were angels of fire. And it says, each one of them had six with two he covered his face with two he covered his feet and with two he flew isn't it amazing that these angels when Isaiah is describing what he saw in the temple let me just back up for a moment because King Uzziah reigned from the time he was 62 and, or excuse me, for, six, for the time he was 16, and he reigned for 52 years. And all through the scriptures, there's four or five scriptures that says that he was known as one of the most wisest kings. He was known as a prosperous king. But there was one thing he, he really did that God, um, for one reason, he did one thing wrong. And in that one thing wrong, he was struck by leprosy. And then he was put out to live by himself, and he was buried in a grave alone. In a separate place. So he went all these years and did what was right up until about the 42nd year of his reign. And then he was had a little problem called pride. Pride. And so you have to understand that's the reason when Isaiah wrote 39 books of the uh, 66 books of Isaiah. He wrote this. He wrote this himself. And when he wrote this, he wrote it because he said, "In the year King Uzziah died, he wanted us to know in the year that King Uzziah died that there was turmoil, there was unrest. The sun had taken over. But what he wanted us to know was the king was dead. So he wanted us to know that he wasn't seeing." A natural king. When he walked by that temple, he wasn't seeing the king mortal. He was seeing a king immortal. He wanted us to know that because if he had just said, I walked by the temple and I saw a king, then we would have not known which king it was. But the writers are all inspired by the Holy Spirit to write according to the word of God. And he wrote in the year that King Uzziah died. And it said, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with its glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken. When King Uzziah was struck with leprosy, King Uzziah had decided to go into the temple. And he decided to light the incense, to burn the incense. And he decided that he was going to take that place and do that because he felt like he possibly in that prideful place had accomplished so much that he could do the same as the priest. And it says there that there was an earthquake that happened. If you read in the first four chapters, you, there was an earthquake that happened. And the whole earth shook. And there was a flash. And when there was a flash, all of a sudden he was fully engulfed with leprosy and then he was put out in fact it said 80 priests come to him and confronted him and said you have taken the place 
of the Aaron anointing, and they said, you cannot do this, and they put him out. He did all these years of greatness, and one, one, one I won't call it a mistake, one decision, because he didn't get an opportunity. Aren't y'all glad you got Jesus today? Without Jesus, a lot of things we do by bad decisions or by a mistake, we would be done. Your judgment would be on you there. Amen? But except for the grace of God. Amen? So I want you to see what, the, what, what Isaiah said here. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Speak it through me, Lord. Speak it through me, Lord. And it says the, it says the, the door shake were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Well, y'all know that the smoke is representative of the Holy Spirit, right? Everybody, we're on the same page, okay? But here's what Isaiah said, and he said, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. That word undone there literally means justly doomed. It means I am doomed, and I deserve to be doomed. But aren't you amazed at what God and how God does things? First of all, I want to tell you that Isaiah was a scribe. He was in the temple. He was in those days the scribe was like a lawyer or like a like a clerk of courts. They did all the legal documents and they transposed all the legal documents. So when you hear what he says, if you don't know that piece of the puzzle, you would think that he might be the one who is the one that would be guilty. But it says that Isaiah was a pure man. If you read through the history, Isaiah was a pure man. Now, he wasn't a prophet yet. It wasn't until he had an encounter with the living God that he was called and he would prophesy the birth of Jesus Christ and it would not happen for 700 years. Some of us get tired of waiting for seven days. Amen? And we still read that book in Isaiah 53, and we hear and when we say, and the government, whoo, I don't know about y'all tonight, but when I read that and it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, I can say, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Y'all believe that? Ooh, I don't know about you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. So when he says this, woe is to me, I am undone. First of all, he had never seen anything like this. And this was not just a vision, but this was an opening of heaven to reveal the throne of God. And on the throne of God was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know about y'all. I have got a revelation of Jesus in such a different way. When I go back and I read the first five chapters of Isaiah, and when I got here, all of a sudden it says, he says here, whoa, I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. But it said he was a pure man. It said he was a whole man. It said he was a God man. But then he says this, My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
let me back up. I missed a, a line here. It says, and I dwell in the, excuse me, woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. So what he was saying here, I have allowed these things to go on, but not only did I allow it, but I associated with it, so I am guilty. Do you do you see here that he was a replica or a metaphoric speaking of who Christ was going to be to us? See, he was saying, I am unclean because I I allowed this. I am as unclean because I associated with this. But God will show us our shortcomings. And God, when God shows you a shortcoming in your life, he does not show you a shortcoming in your life to show you how bad you've been. He wants to show you a shortcoming in your life to show you that you need more of him, you need to be cleansed by him, and you need to be refired and refueled by his power, by his love, by his grace, by his mercy. And then he says, and I dwell among those people with unclean for my eyes have seen the king of the Lord of hosts, the Lord, the king of the Lord of hosts. He was saying, I realize that no matter how good I am, how much greatness I did, or how great we prospered, I need Jesus. I need more of God. Amen. And then one of the seraphims blew, having his hands a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin has been purged. Period. Not you're going to have to work it out. Not you're going to have to work it off. Not you're going to have to pay for it. You have been cleansed. And then Scripture 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Now if you have your Bibles, if you see there's a capital S, a capital U-S there, a capital U. That means us. Do you remember back in Genesis when he said, let us make God, let us make man in our image. Let us. He was saying again and reiterating again, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Godhead three in one. And here's what he asked. He said, whom shall I send and he will go for me? Then I said, here I am. Send me. You know what I loved about Isaiah. He didn't ask God, am I still going to be a scribe? Am I still going to have the position I have? Am I still going to be what I've been? All he said was, here I am. Send me. I don't know if he's calling you to Walmart or to the world. I don't know if he's calling us from Florida to Vermont. Or if he's calling us from Florida to Africa. All I know is when he asks of you, who will go for me? We'll be, be, be willing. And I pray that after this conference, this Feast of Tabernacle, that every one of us will say, here I am, Lord. Send me.
here I am. I'm never too old. I'm never too young. I'm never too rich. I'm never too poor. I'm never too healthy. I'm never too unhealthy. For when he says go, he will equip me. He will provide for me. And he will do most of all, empower me to do what he asks me to do. So tonight, I want you to just, just stand where you are. I want to encounter. I want to be in the, in the house. Like Sister Kathy just said, there's always prayer going on here. You can feel the prayer. Let me tell you something. When I walked in the door tonight, they were just practicing worship, and the anointing was already coming out in the vestibule there, in the foyer. It was already there. And God wants us tonight to say, here I am. Here I am. Send me. It doesn't matter our education. It doesn't matter your economics. It doesn't matter your status. Married, unmarried, all that matters is you say willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. May sometimes you may not understand it. Sometimes you might not even. Um, why do you want me to drive down to Dairy Queen, God? Don't ask him why. If he said drive down to Dairy Queen and he didn't say you could have an ice cream, it's to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're not careful, brother, can you go to the... If we're not careful, when Jesus calls us and tells us, go do it, you've seen it over and over, have you not, Kathy, with the Elks? When God said, do this, be there, get there, and you go, I'm too tired to go. I don't think I can do another meeting. I can't do another thing. And God says, get there. Why? Because he wants to show up and he wants to show off. And he wants, with what we started out tonight, he wants to have his way in your life. See, we don't serve a Burger King God. You can't just have it your way. Amen. We, we, we order dinner and say, I made dinner. No, you ordered dinner. Making dinner takes time. It takes thought out things. And listen, when God says, go, if we wheel it around in our brain we'll talk ourselves out of it because that's what Satan wants us to do and we don't even need any of his help he wants to have his way in your heart tonight and he wants to do a work in minds tonight I just heard the Lord say he wants to do a work in minds there's some minds that you can't even concentrate on. You try to read the word and you can't get past about two scriptures. No condemnation. If you're only reading two scriptures, that's better than no scriptures. But God wants you to study the word to show yourself approved. Because he wants you to be ready to get up and to go. When he says, who can I send? You'll say, here I am, send me. Because what did he say? He says, when you study to show yourself approved, when you study the word of God, when he sends you, he will fill your mouth with what you are to say. Because it's not by might. 
It's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. Father, I want an encounter with you. I want these precious people to have an encounter with you. That not only did Isaiah see the open heaven, did he not only see the throne room and the angels, the fiery ones, but Father God, he received his call that day of the prophet of God. And Father, the priest wasn't there. The king wasn't there. The natural king. But you, God Almighty, you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were there. So, Father God, I ask tonight to release an anointing on the people of God to have an insatiable desire, a thirst, a hunger for your word. For it's your word that is to be our foundation of all that we do. And then your Holy Spirit can direct us and take us to the places that you called us, to the highways and the byways to compel those that are lost and battered and bruised to come in, Lord God. The church has been asleep, Lord God. The church has been asleep, Lord God. And this pandemic has caused us to arise out of the ashes, I do believe, Lord God, that we can be a light on that hidden, that hidden, that light that has been hidden. It will no longer be hidden under the bushel, Lord God, but it will be a beacon on the hill for others to come and touch and taste and see and know that you are Jesus and that you are real. So, Father, I'm asking you tonight to do the circumcision of the heart. Father, there's hidden compartments and hearts of people that they've not let you into them because they've been too painful. And I pray through these next few days, Lord God, that every hidden compartment of the heart will be revealed. That we'll be willing to let you into every hidden part, Lord God. We take down all pride. A great king was destroyed because of one act of pride. Father, forgive us for not being honest with you. Forgive us for not allowing you into all of our heart and being. I just heard the Lord say, you can't wish it away. You can't tell it to go away. Not thinking about it is not going to make it go away. The only thing that's going to heal what is hidden in our hearts, those secret places in our hearts, those secret sins possibly that are in our heart, those secret pains that are in our heart, those secret attitudes that we may not say it, but we think it. And so a man thinks, so he becomes, so as Proverbs 23, 7 says, God said, I want your heart tonight. He's asking you tonight, will you be vulnerable to me? And would you let me truly set you free? With every eye closed, 
I would just ask you tonight, say, and I just want you to raise your hand where you are and say, Pastor Sheila, I want my heart whole. I want my heart whole, my mind healed, and I want my life to be purified in Christ, that I can be all he created me to be. Here I am, Lord, send me. Would you raise your hands where you are? Hands all over the house. If your hand is up, I'm going to ask the prayer team. If your hands are up, please come forward real quickly. I want to lay hands on you. 